Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Today on the show, we're rounding up some headlines that caught our attention this week. Everything from Governor Kotek's proposed housing plan to the possibility of the Florida-Tampa Bay Rays moving to Portland. Joining me is Andy Giegrich, managing editor for the Portland Business Journal, and our very own lead producer, John Natariani. It's Friday, February 3rd, 2023. Get ready for our city's daily conversation. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is CityCast Portland. Well, Andy, thanks so much for being here. We are hoping that you are able to give us a different vantage point from some of these issues that we've been talking about this week. And one of them specifically is Governor Tina Kotek's first budget plan. She's called uh, on the state to build 36,000 new homes a year, which uh, I think the number was it's an increase of 80% over our current production. My question to the both of you, John and Andy, is like, do you guys think this is feasible? Because I am a homeowner, and I don't know if you guys have tried to do renovations uh, in the past couple years, <laughs> but there's nothing out there really for supplies. You can't even find a person to put a door in. I'm just wondering, like, is she flying contractors in? Where is she finding, you know, the materials? Like, everything's in back order. How are we going to do this? I mean, I, I would say... <laughs> One thing that it, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be super, super hard for sure. Thinking of it in terms of the 80%. Yeah, I, I was kind of processing it in terms of pure numbers because we like Oregon, I guess, has the capacity to build or we typically build like 20,000 homes a, a year now. So um, I, I guess like if there's anything that, that uh, she would have working in her favor is that I mean, there's a housing slowdown, housing construction slowdown all across the country. So there might be a chance for a lot more contractors to move in here and kind of vulture on this opportunity provided. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I have heard that there's some concern about the number of skilled workers, the people that are able to do this type of construction. Um, in terms of materials, the AP, though, had an interesting story this week about mass timber, which is basically uh, kind of like souped up particle board where they build pieces of wood out of compressed wood. And Oregon is really looking to be a leader in this mass timber uh, industry. So there's like a new... Um, Isn't that just plywood? Well, it's different than plywood. You think of plywood as like flat, but imagine like a two by four, but it's made in the same way as, oh, gotcha, as like a gotcha. piece of plywood would be. So there's like a $41 million federal grant to boost production here in Portland. Um, could be a really interesting thing. And, you know, I don't know if this is two rose-colored glasses, but this could lead to Oregon being like a national leader in mass timber, possibly. John, I'm sorry. I'm really excited <laughs> that you put on these rose-colored glasses. I've just never seen them on you. I'm a little weird. 
Well, no, I mean, it's it, it's not. Was com- John optimistic? <laughs> I don't know. Mark the tape. It's, it, it's it's like seriously not unfounded though. I mean, there there is a company who is uh, specializing in this, and they've been doing it for a, a little while. And if they can get that, it'll be. Uh, there'll be some good, uh, you guys are going to hate this word. There, there'll be some good synergy in terms of, um, you know, <laughs> just, 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 just having the ability to, uh, to build these homes and, and, and the need for it. So, um, but yeah, yeah this, this material is, is fairly, uh, fairly space age. I mean, I, I, I can bring some gloominess back if you want though. Go ahead. <laughs> bring it. This is all I know. <laughs> so, you know, there's the question of, of what we're going to build with, but there's also the question of where are we going to build these houses, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The last time that Oregon hit these numbers was back in the 70s. There's a lot less land in urban areas that are sitting free for you to build houses on right now. Uh, And, you know, we've talked a little bit about the urban growth boundary on the podcast, which is basically a circle around Portland, and it says you can't really build outside of that circle. Kotek has said that she's not interested in changing that urban growth boundary. So I think finding places to put all of this new housing, at least in the urban areas, is going to be really tough. It sounds like we're getting more condos, is what I'm hearing. Well, uh, before we move on, I just want to state that whatever is decided, that I do hope that the law is tweaked about, you know, units under 30 not needing any kind of, like, parking structure. It's like fighting against all of the safety, street safety rules that uh, people are trying to enforce, like clearing the corners. Like, how can you clear the corners when there's like 40 cars and there's no place to put them, you know? Yeah, that, that happened on Division, you know, with all the apartments going up there and, and, and uh, a lot of them just quite simply didn't have garages. I mean, de- definitely on our, our streets, which are small, um, and in the past 10 years, there are, yeah, you you used to be able to, to drive two cars coming at each other at the same time, and now you, you definitely have to wait and pull over. Yeah, you're playing chicken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I, I want to discuss... Uh, the imminence of the recession. I know we've already seen the recession and the price of eggs um, and uh, and the loan APRs, all that stuff. But like, we're we're finally getting to the layoffs and the pay cuts. And now I'm getting a little scared uh, for all of us. So last week we heard about a round of layoffs from some uh, larger companies in town. Uh, w- one of them included Lam Research and Gunderson and uh, Vacasa, which was v- the first time I ever heard of Vacasa, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and, and, but and by your pronunciation, <laughs> that's very... Vaca- was it Vacasa? It's, it's, it's Vacasa. <laughs> Vacasa. 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 Renting a lot of luxury homes in your spare time, Claudia? No, I'm not. So it's, and I, and here's, the deal, here's the deal is that I knew it was a play on like the Spanish word casa, but I didn't want to give them that. And I'm like, no, you're Vacasa. Because I'm not going to say that. <laughs> As a Spanish speaker, I said no. So a total, a, t- a total loss. I think between those three uh, companies, we lost like 433 jobs. And so that was just like, oh, that's unfortunate. Um, what else is going to hit? And then this week, we're hearing that Intel, which is, I think, like the largest Oregon employer, uh, started a massive pay cut. Interestingly enough, with the CEO, which I don't think you see enough, yeah. <laughs> there should be yeah. more of, mm-hmm. but he's taking the largest pay cut at 25%, and then everyone from like him to like mid-level managers are taking a cut. So hearing all this stuff, do you think the recession has officially hit the Oregon industry? Is this it, or do you think we're going to see more? 
I'm going to be a little bit technical about the recession thing. I, I, uh, because do either of you remember the, the actual definition? Isn't it like two straight quarters mm -hmm. of, of mm -hmm. negative growth or something? Right. Which I, which I don't think we fit. However, on a personal level, it, it obviously is a uh, recession will, will hit when you, uh, when you can't spend money to, to buy whatever you damn well want. So, um, yeah. um, yeah. so I don't know if, if even that is quite here yet. Um, because the, the layoffs right now, while, while they've been, I mean, they, they made headlines. They're not maybe just not quite big enough, not at like the 10% level. We don't technically know what the Intel layoffs are going to bring yet. Wait, there's going to be layoffs in Intel? Because I just heard about the pay yeah, cuts. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let, yeah. Let, 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 late last year, um, um, it leaked that they were uh, they were going to lay off, um, quote unquote, thousands of workers. That was like a Bloomberg story. Um, some departments uh, might get hit by like up to 20%. Oh, wow. So yeah, we, we're bracing for that to see how that would, um, how that would affect Oregon. Intel, uh, they may not technically confirm this, but yeah, the, the, the news this week, that was, that was scary. Uh, a 5%. You're talking pay, about the pay cuts? The pay cuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, my company actually did that a while ago. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, d during the first recession, uh, that hurt. And 5% is a fair amount of money for anyone. Yeah. I mean, I'd say I wasn't super worried about recession hitting Oregon until I saw this Intel news. I feel like that was the one that really sort of uh, made me go, oh, this, this could be a bigger thing just because those cuts could mean so much money in wages. Like the state economist in Oregon is estimating that Oregonians could lose between 150 to $200 million in wages. And so that's discretionary spending that could just completely cascade down to all sorts of local businesses and stuff. Um, so, you know, it's tough for the Intel workers, of course, but just the, the ripple effects that this could have in the economy, I think, right. is something that we're really going to want to keep an eye on over the next couple of months. Uh, Intel's uh, impact is, is outsized. You know, they're Oregon's largest private employer. We are absolutely going to feel that. And Claudia, maybe that's when it'll be like, boom, okay, yeah, we're in recession. I guess my also my other question is this decision, did it come because of a fear or because they're screwed? I know they're doing this because they said like, well, we're, they're trying to get ahead of any sort of major like stock sell off. Right. So that's I guess where, that's where I'm just like, so this was this is this preventive measures? Well, 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 one thing that I saw that was interesting that I haven't seen people talking a lot about is everybody's worried about a recession. Everybody's scared about what's happening in the economy. But in terms of chip manufacturing, advanced micro devices or AMD, their stock is way up. So this mm -hmm. could potentially just be a sort of competition within the chip industry as opposed to a, a, a total like recession type decision. I mean, to keep I, those stocks up is uh, what you're thinking. I mean, or yeah, like I, I mean, it could just be that like their competitor is kicking ass and Intel is not. I mean, I'm not a tech reporter, but no. No, that's that. That's absolutely true. I mean, they they have uh, competitive pressures like never before. I mean, it, it used to be their market share on this was oh my god, I think it was like ninety percent or something, um, and not that long ago. And 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 now they're they're losing that. And, and in terms of you know, are they screwed? I I would say probably not. They're kind of too big to be screwed at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and they they have been down before. Um, I I 
remember like their stock was below like 20 at one point we were like oh my god <laughs> and they came back like um like a lot of big tech companies do so yeah, yeah. my These question are... is if you get laid off from intel do you get to keep that like space suit that they wear in the, <laughs> the bunny suit <laughs> you know do you get yeah. to take that home with you or does that property of intel that's what I want to know. I, I don't. <laughs> that would be awesome if, like, all the engineers and the <laughs> office workers got those too. <laughs> yeah, just for no reason. They're just like, right. wait, I got to send an email. Let me suit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's take a break here. And when we come back, let's talk about the possible return of pandemic era tenant protections. The next thing I wanted to bring up to you two, uh, to the brain trust here, the legislature is in session. One of the proposed bills is SB 799. Uh, have you guys heard about this mm -hmm. one yet? Yeah. Uh, it would bring back some pandemic era renter protections. It'll delay eviction proceedings over unpaid rent for up to 60 days if a tenant has applied for rental assistance. And so a lot of landlords and landlord organizations are uh, speaking out against this. And they're, they're like understandably not stoked about, you know, having to go back to something that they thought was temporary. Uh, so what are you hearing from the real estate industry, Andy? Is this even sustainable? It is uh, just because I, I think that this legislature and this governor do want to... Um, uh, offer some protections to to renters, which uh, which is uh, I, I think it's good. I'm not a landlord, because <laughs> um, I mean we've seen what's what what happens when when people lose their homes and whatnot. If, mm -hmm. if you've been downtown in the last couple of years, uh, sixty days is still not a lot of time, honestly. But it's better than three days. Right, sixty days if you apply for rental insurance, rental assistance, um, which seems like a good thing. We should want people getting into rental assistance programs, but it's not like everybody's going to get an extra two months. Right now, the notice period is 72 hours. This would extend the notice period to like 10 or 13 days. And I think, you know, if we're balancing a landlord worrying about paying their bills versus somebody losing their home, like... 10 days feels pretty reasonable. I think sure. this is a real sort of ethical experiment here. And, and, and what they're saying is that, you know, landlords aren't going to be able to afford to rent these apartments anymore. They're going to get out of the market if these, uh, if these new regulations become permanent. And, like, I can understand that there might be some landlords that are going to be really financially inconvenienced by this. But at least for me, I haven't heard from them. I haven't heard that voice in any news media. I've heard, you know, organizations referring to these landlords. and yeah, But yeah, I yeah, don't know, exactly. you know, I haven't heard one yet. I'd be interested in hearing their voice. I, I, I mean... Um, Wait, hold on. Are you an inconvenienced landlord? Please email us <laughs> at portland at citycast.fm. We want to hear an inconvenienced landlord rant. I, I know it's I'm sounding like I'm I'm making fun of you, but I'm not. I'm welcoming you. Please email us. I want to know what the other side is. Totally. Sorry, yeah. go on, Andy. Well and um uh why don't you take the next two minutes and email Claudia because you're not gonna like what I have to say. Um um <laughs> landlords are one of the more 
kind of sensitive um, parts of our readership. Like, I mean, they are the fastest to um, let us know if they don't like something about a, a, a story. And uh, so I, I'm guessing that that also kind of parlays into the whole lobbying thing too. But we'll, we'll probably hear a lot more about it than possibly is warranted. Right. Okay. So this in this final segment, we're just going to do like a lightning round where we each bring up something that we heard this week and we want to discuss it. Or, you know, we want to trash it. Uh, one or the <laughs> other. Uh, John, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'm going to grab something a little bit out of outside of Portland. It's from uh, KLCC in Eugene talking about the Joriad North American Truffle Dog Championship. So every okay. year, all these people get these dogs together and they have like a truffle hunting competition. And Brian Bull from KLCC put together this beautiful portrait of these people going out with their dogs hunting truffles. And uh, the winner was Pixel, who found 14 truffles. Um, just a really fun, cute little read. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys ever felt that same disappointment when you when you realized that truffles were mushrooms and not chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, and they're like, and you know, you see this. You know, they sometimes they would throw it in the cartoons, like, oh, he's sniffing for truffles. And I'm, and at first I was like, ew, who wants a dirt chocolate? But. <laughs> <laughs> None of that makes sense, I suppose. Andy? <laughs> yeah, I should I should have followed the, the cute dog story. <laughs> I, so the thing I, I, I was going to talk about was um, uh, baseball, which, um, you know, Portland's been trying to get a team for quite some time, um, or at least some of the dreamers here uh, yeah. want to get a team. I, God knows if it'll happen in my lifetime. Um, Do you remember when Russell Wilson and Sierra, were, they were going to yeah, buy us a team? They, they, they were <laughs> our saviors. And... They, we were so happy. And we, I mean, oh, I've booed God. Russell Wilson to his face when he's come to Timbers games, you know, like it's so sweet. He'd come and be like, hey, guys. And everyone would be like, you know, fuck Seattle. <laughs> for no reason. Man right. was just hanging out, you know, paying for a $20 beer just like us, hanging out. And we're just like, get out of here. <laughs> Unless you bring us a baseball team. Nice. Hey, hey <laughs> come I, back. actually, that might be news. Was he literally trying to, to, to buy a beer? Because I thought that he was like famously a teetotaler. <laughs> Oh, probably. I don't know. I just <laughs> okay. He's buying Sierra beer. I love Wh it. Whatever. I love it. People are just like fact check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so anyway. glad you did it. Someone yeah. didn't email me. Actually, Russell Wilson does not drink. <laughs> so unless it was a smoothie. R R Russell Wilson's uh, uh, personal life aside. Uh, uh, so in Tampa this week, um, the Tampa Bay Rays and the city have agreed to a plan that would uh, redevelop the stadium around there. I don't know if you've ever been to the stadium there, but it's it's terrible. Okay. So anyway, but the reason this affects Portland is that the thought was that Tampa Bay's attendance was so bad for so long and their stadium was so bad that um, if uh, a team relocated, the theory would be that the Rays had moved to Portland, which which would be cool because they have a good team. They always have a good farm system and good young players. So whatever I don't know that, how I feel about that, though. I don't know how I feel about the Tampa Rays. Also, like, the Tampa... Do we get to rename them? Oh, we would Can rename, they be, yeah, we would absolutely oh, like, rename them. Yeah, the Tampa yeah. Rays. That just... It sounds too sun-adjacent, uh, too marine-life-adjacent. I don't think no. that's our vibe. We would be the Portland Cascades. 
Oh, I love that. Wait, did you? Are you just making that up, or is that a that, truth? I've been pushing that for years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> You're just <laughs> oh, oh, the Portland my head. Uh, <laughs> John, what's your uh, baseball name? If if we if you could name the baseball team that the, was, was coming, the Portland Mud Puddles. Oh, the the buddies for sure. Mud Puddles doesn't that sound? Isn't that kind of cute? The Portland the Mud MPs? Puddles. The MPs. Yeah. Oh my God. I think that'd be cute. I don't. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to move on. I'm not on. buying you a baseball team if you don't Gra- like my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Okay. Oh, it's my yeah, what turn. What do you got, Claudia? What? Okay. <laughs> Have you guys heard that uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are teaming up once again? Everyone was so, ex- <laughs> so excited <laughs> about this. And <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you remember Goodwill Hunting, Hunting, but now when 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 Matt Damon was playing a genius, so now this time Ben Affleck Goodwill is playing Hunting Phil Knight. Too, right? Good, this is Goodwill Hunting Two, uh, the, yeah. the the Nike version. Uh, so Ben Affleck is going to be playing Phil Knight, and they're both teaming up to comedically recreate the making of the Air Jordan brand. You know, so signing uh, Michael Jordan, creating the, the legacy shoe, all of that. But here's the best part. This is the part where, I, where we're talking about it. Michael Jordan will not be portrayed at <laughs> right, all. Right. There's no Michael Jordan in the whole And I get, they're just like, oh, we want him looming like a presence. And I'm like, I think you wanted more screen time. Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be like Larry David playing Steinbrenner in Seinfeld or something? Uh, like, yes. you know, just like the back of his head. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be amazing if they just get Larry David. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, he's what, tall. What, he's tall. What, just in the back. What, like what, what do you what do you think, Michael? Sign the contract. Sign the contract. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, thanks you guys. Thank thank you, Andy, so much for taking part of our first uh, Friday roundup. Thanks for. Uh, hanging for, with all of the snafus that we've edited out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you rolled with them. Thank you. Yeah, Ju- Julie's got some, some work ahead of her. A lot of, those, a lot of those were mine. Thanks again to Andy Giegrich and the Portland Business Journal. For more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show page. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. But before we go, uh, I need to make an important correction in yesterday's show. Towards the end of my conversation with local pizza expert, Blaine Bartholomew, we discussed which pizza shop each Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle would frequent. And it seems I really missed the mark in interpreting Donatello's personality. I claimed he did not have one. A listener named Samuel reached out to us on Instagram, and I'm just gonna read to you what he wrote. Samuel said, All Donatello fans are outraged at the lack of knowledge of the turtle who designs all of their gadgets and weapons. Leonardo is a big time narc and would go to Domino's or wherever Splinter told him to, let's be real. So I'm apologizing now to all Donatello fans. I did clearly forget his whole deal and maybe me categorizing uh, Leonardo as the thoughtful leader uh, was an overstep. He definitely was the narc of the group. Now that I think about it, yeah, there's not much more I can add except promising to learn and to grow from this. Uh, And with that, our thoughtful lead producer, who is definitely not a narc, uh, is John Notariani. Our audio producer is Julia Fiaioni. Our newsletter editor is Rachel Monahan, And our host is me, Claudia Meza. Original music by Jenny Conley and Stephen Drizos. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. We'll be back Monday with more conversations from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs> <laughs>